like to welcome everybody to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast this week. I'm your host, Chad Thompson, and today I'm very excited. We have a very special guest, one of our neighbors from Northeast Tennessee, Alicia Phelps, from the executive director of the Northeast Tennessee Tourism Association with us. Alicia is located down towards the Johnson City region, just right over the line from Virginia to Tennessee, and we both consider each other very close neighbors. We wanted to have her on the podcast today to talk a little bit about how Northeast Tennessee has been doing things here recently and how we could try to work together in the future. So thank you so much, Alicia, for coming on the podcast today. I and the listeners are definitely very excited to have you. And if you wouldn't mind just to kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself and and what it is that you do for the Tourism Association. Hey there. Thanks so much for having me, Chad. And we are longtime friends with the folks in Southwest Virginia. We work with you all quite a bit um, because, as you well know, we don't see city, county, or state lines. So when visitors come see us, um, they often will visit both areas. So it's really fun to chat today um, and talk a little bit about Northeast Tennessee. So, again, my name is Alicia Phelps. And I'm the executive director of the Northeast Tennessee Tourism Association. And we, uh, we've been around since 1977. So we've been around a little over 40 years. Um, and we are one of eight entities in the state of Tennessee that's recognized by the tourism department for the state um, as a regional DMO. And so a lot of people ask, what is a DMO? A DMO is a destination marketing organization. So it is our job to encourage folks to visit our area of Tennessee. Um, and we also assist with business development when it comes to tourism. So I provide a lot of marketing and consultation services to folks in our area, as well as in uh, portions of Southwest Virginia, too. And um, we also serve as a legislative voice, um, so we're very active in that arena as well with things concerning hospitality and tourism. And, um, of course, we serve in marketing, so we do quite a bit. Uh, We also host um, with ETSU. We just started last fall, and so we're gearing up this year as well for a hospitality and tourism certificate uh, program through ETSU in Johnson City. And what that is is a 12-week program where you can get uh, the 101 and the 601, everything in between of hospitality and tourism from customer service to owning a business, opening a business, marketing, um, hotel fulfillment, everything like that. So so that's a fun thing that we do to try to not only um, educate our workforce but also keep them in the area and make sure that we're – um, developing a great pipeline um, for the hospitality and tourism industry. So that's a little bit about us. Um, I must pat our partners and fans on the back because we were named the 2019 Tennessee Destination Marketing Organization of the Year. So that's really exciting because we were going up against some really big entities, as you know, but we actually only have one employee, and that's me. So that's us in a nutshell. Well, that's very exciting, and congratulations on that. I know definitely it's it's not an easy task to obtain something like that, especially when you're just that single employee. That's that, There's a lot of things to do, and even though you're just localized in the northeast Tennessee region, there's still so many assets and so many beautiful places and things to do. And I guess maybe today you might want to talk a little bit about that, like maybe some things that are going on or things that people could uh, try to experience or what visitors could expect when coming to the region. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, um, with um, the COVID-19 virus, things are a little bit different this year, but that doesn't mean you still can't come visit us and have a little bit of fun. So much like you all in Southwest Virginia, uh, we love the outdoors. And let me tell you, are we not blessed to have uh, such great resources and places just right here in our backyard that are known across the globe? So uh, recently, Blue Ridge Country Magazine named several of our areas among the top places for H2O uh, this summer and, and this past spring. So um, we we love to tout um, the outdoors here. And so with, you know, we've got more than 280 some miles of the Appalachian Trail, same when it comes to rivers and lakes. So it's really fun to get outside and uh, experience all that. We also had several several of our assets were featured on an outdoor show on Amazon Prime last year called Air, Water, or Land. So I'll just touch a little bit on some of those. How about that? Maybe a lot of people don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds um, exciting. Uh, yeah, because those are the kind of the ones that we're like, yeah, we don't want to tell anybody about them because we like to we like to enjoy those. Um, but I really love Watauga Lake. It is so very special. Um, if you can imagine being surrounded by these towering mountains and you're on this this lake that is so clear um, it's just absolutely stunning and if you're lucky um, you can catch the Watauga Lake Sailing Club up there so a lot of people aren't you know they're not used to seeing sailboats in the mountains because obviously the wind gets a little bit um, prohibited from the from the peaks and things like that so um, you know, they, they go out there and do sailing, and it's such a beautiful site. They even have a frostbite race uh, on ju- on January 1st every year. That's fun. Um, so Watauga Lake is also known for its fishing, and they are located in an area called Hampton, Tennessee, uh, which is in Carter County, but very close. Uh, and the lake also spans into Johnson County, which is near Mountain City, which Mountain City joins up to uh, Damascus and, and out through there. So that touches in with you all as well, kind of how we all connect. Love Watauga. Have you ever been to Watauga Lake? Actually, I have a pretty funny story about that. About oh. two or three weeks ago, my, my fiance and her family, they're, they've fallen in love with Watauga Lake here recently, and they've been going almost every week. And She's never actually driven there, so she was trying to direct us to get there. And the way that I found was to go through, of course, she lives in Damascus, so we went through uh, Shady Valley, through Backbone Rock area, which Backbone Rock is one of my favorite places on the planet. I'll just put that out there. Um, But we went on out that way into Shady Valley, and the GPS wanted to take us on this. So we come to this four-way intersection. It wanted to take us straight, but if we went left, it would have went to Mountain City and the way she's accustomed to. But... We kind of trusted the GPS a little bit, and it took us out on all these back roads, which was great, but it actually took us over the mountain, which was a pretty wild ride, but it was really beautiful, and we came out in the backside of Elizabethton, and where the GPS was actually taking us was to the Watauga Lake Dam, which we did make it to, and it was a very beautiful spot, and we absolutely loved it, so... Yeah, I, I want to see the actual lake, though. I want to get to, like, the main part where they're talking about because they said it's one of the most beautiful lakes they've ever been to. It is, and it's funny, those back roads. I almost wonder if you all ended up off uh, near four, Highway 421 along the Snake. Um, and have you heard of that? Now, we, we did take that. We went to uh, Jacobs Creek for the first time. I, okay. I think that's on the Tennessee side. Um, yeah. about three or four weeks ago. And we actually took that 
path up the mountain through 421 back down into Shady Valley, back into Damascus. Okay. Now, you know, up in that area also, um, there's two little fun stories. Butler, the town that wouldn't drown. And then also um, the world's smallest tunnel is there, which is um, what you've kind of mentioned up at Backbone. But um, the Butler, the town that wouldn't drown, is a town that um, cute little mountain trail town um, right outside of Mountain City. And several, several, several years ago, they were trying to relocate this town due to flooding and, and things like that. And so that's what they did. And guess what? It didn't work. <laughs> mm. So the town is still there and people live there and it's great. <laughs> well, that's, that's a pretty cool story. I, I, I like being able to hear things like that, especially because, you know, I, as many times as I've been around the region, it's it's hard to tell how many times I've passed places that have these amazing stories like that that never get out there. And that's that's one of the reasons we wanted to create this podcast platform is to try to tell some of those stories. Um, and I, I love history. So anytime I can go somewhere and find out more about an area like Backbone, for example, um, we, we found the waterfall for the first time, which I know sounds horrible because... I say that I love Backbone. I really do. And I've been going there for like 10 or 12 years, maybe longer. And I've never known where the waterfalls were. But if I would have just stepped up about 20 more feet from where I usually go on the trails, I would have found it. And it was a really cool spot. It was really small, but it was it was perfect. It was real nice, intimate setting. There wasn't even a whole lot of people there, but I got some cool photos and definitely had a good experience. Awesome. And really kind of close to Watauga Lake, obviously, the Watauga River, but then also a, a really secret place, and I've even had some of your team there um, from the Southwest Virginia Um I love to go to Wilbur Lake, which is near a little dam, Wilbur Dam, and it is a non-motorized area. It's so beautiful. There's a little waterfall that you can literally take your kayak or your paddleboard or your canoe right up to. Um, and you can kind of hike through the, the bed, the creek bed there. Um, and, it, and oh, my goodness, all the fish, too. It's fantastic. There's a little campground. Um, it is just a really fun place if you are trying to learn how to kayak or paddleboard. Um, the water is very calm, and it's, um, it's really beautiful out there. That's perfect. I'll have to add that to my list because a kayak is the next thing on my purchase list, and I've honestly ah. never done it before, but I feel like it would be a fun way to kind of work out some and get to have a different scenery of the lakes because I'm used to being, you know, on the riverbeds and, and the sides of lakes. I never actually get to get in them, so I think a kayak would bring a lot of fun to that. Yeah, and you would have a great place to learn how to do that, especially um, another, you know, obviously uh, Tennessee and Virginia share Bristol, um, but we also share um, the Holston Lake, so... That would be a really good place to learn how to do that, and it's always fun to get out there and kind of island hop and go to some of the little different islands and things like that. I often hear of people um, going and 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 camping on one of the islands at night. They uh, they'll take their kayak or canoe out there, so that's always really fun too. Yeah, speaking of South Holston Lake in the 421 area. As soon as you cross the 421 bridge right there on the right-hand side, there's kind of like a little pull-off spot, and you can start to walk down and be on the waterfront. And the last time I was driving through there, it was a little bit high, but usually if the water's not too high, there's a spot where you can actually walk across this little 
kind of like a land bridge to a little island, and that little island has like the perfect view of the lake. There's hardly ever anybody back there, but with me not being a swimmer by any means and not having a boat currently, it's it's pretty much impossible for me to get to. But yeah, there's so many beautiful assets in in Northeast Tennessee, and there's so many more I'd like to go to that maybe I haven't heard of, and that's been a goal of mine on the Southwest Virginia side too, is to start going to these places that maybe I haven't visited before and try to find out these new gems that are hidden and tucked away. And I think that's great that you're giving out some of that information today. Absolutely, and uh, waterfalls are huge for us um, as well. We've got, you know, you can always go to our website and find a lot of these things, northeasttennessee.org, but we often are releasing um, top 10 waterfalls, top 10 hidden waterfalls, things like that. Um, And I've got to mention while we're talking on water really quick, the Nolichucky River, which is uh, one of the deepest gorges in the southeast. Um, It is free-flowing, however, um, there used to be a dam there, uh, doesn't, it doesn't run anymore in, in, in the Greenville area of the Nolichucky, but we're working very hard to make sure that that river is designated as wild and scenic. So it is just absolutely stunning. Um, I believe it goes up to Class 4 rapids, um, but there are also some great sections and beaches that you can get onto. And um, we work with several camping partners there, USA Adventure Resort and, um, and River Park Campground and Glamping in Jonesboro as well. But it's really fun to kind of just relax out on the water. But now you did say you were a history buff. So um, I've got to ask, have you been to Jonesboro? It's been a very long time, but I have. I I definitely love Jonesboro as far as the way it looks. It kind of reminds me some ways of Abingdon, how it has kind of more that colonial, old-timey feel. But I haven't got to experience a lot of the historical stuff there. There are so many fun little facts in Jonesboro, um, and you're right. It's it's on you know like uh, Jonesboro is the Abingdon of Tennessee, and Abingdon is the Jonesboro of Virginia. Um, so they they complement each other so very well. Um, but you know Jonesboro is the oldest town in Tennessee, and they are the uh, storytelling capital of the world. And a lot of people are like, what is storytelling? Um, Unless you go to that festival, you may not have a great idea, but they are doing a virtual storytelling festival this year, so everybody uh, can get a chance to go to it. Um, But they bring in some of these world-renowned storytellers, and it could be anything from Americana folk to new modern, but it's just so fun uh, to learn the history there and just hear funny stories and laughs, music too. Um, but you know they've got a fun they've got a fun past there in Jonesboro, um, being the oldest town. And if, for for what it's worth, it, it used to be known as the Gateway to the West. It kind of used to be like that hip spot that everybody would go to as they were heading out west uh, because it was a train town in its location. So uh, it's really fun. They do town tours just like Abingdon. They even have a myth busting tour because there are so many. Um, myths that surround uh, a lot of the historical facts there that it's fun to kind of go on a tour with someone um, and see these places where history was made all within like you know a mile uh, that you walk and it's all flat so it's very friendly Um, but you can kind of say okay was this true or is it a myth so um, Jonesboro is really fun too Um, and then you know history you go on up to Greenville um, you know, they, they have the Andrew Johnson National Historic Park. We have Sycamore Shoals, um, where a lot of the um, battles for um, freedom took place there. 
and um, then they call it the birth of American freedom there, and that's in Elizabethan. Um, and then also when you're in Elizabethan, you've got to go to the Covered Bridge. Do you all have a lot of Covered Bridges in Southwest Virginia? We do have some scattered throughout the region, and, and a lot of our bridges are... I'm trying to think of where there's one I want to go to so bad, and I think it's only about an hour drive from my home, but I can't remember quite the name. But it's interesting because a lot of the cool bridges we have that are covered up like that, a lot of them are kind of more of this natural feel or just built through a straight mountain. But, yeah, I'm try- I can't think off the top of my head what that one's called. I just saw it a couple days ago, and I was like, I have to go there. Yeah, they're fun. A lot of people go to Elizabethton just just to see the covered bridge or get their photo there. And it's really pretty during the holidays as well. And Elizabethton is a big car show town. So every Saturday, um, you know, they close off that main street and it's really fun to see all the cars. Um, And then, of course, when we're talking about history, we've got to go into Rogersville, too. They have a big history uh, past and just so many of these fun little downtowns, just like you all, they have. Um, It's neat. It's neat to kind of visit each one. It's like they have their own little personality. And then, course we we got to touch in on music i know you do a lot with your show um with the birthplace of country music there that we both we both share in bristol and all the history that comes with that yeah musical venues are definitely a huge thing in the region as far as like with the crooked road and things like that i mean all scattered out throughout southwest virginia we have a ton of venues unfortunately because of how events are going right now a lot of the venues have had to close down because of occupancy and with regards of covid but thankfully some of them have started doing some outdoor events where you can have that social distancing space or some of which even just roll up in your car kind of like the barter theater came up with this great idea to move all their productions down to the moonlight drive-in theater so now you can enjoy all these productions in an outdoor setting in your car and like to me that's super cool because i remember as a kid going to the drive-in theater and we would take a pickup truck and we would put our chairs in the back of the truck and take some blankets and definitely some bug spray and then just get some popcorn. And it was really cool just to watch movies under the stars. And I think something like that in a musical setting at venues in Tennessee and Virginia would be a great idea to do. Cause I mean, how cool would it be to go to a drive in and see a band playing on a stage and even the big screen lit up with the band behind them in case you're far back. I mean, it would feel just like a really cool concert. I love it. I'm so glad you mentioned what Barter is doing. I just, you know, it's really, it's been interesting to watch everybody adapt to the changes that we are now going through. And some of them will stick, I think, and some, you know, some of these things are temporary that we're working But um, Barter, you know, that has been fantastic. And then I'm glad that you mentioned drop-ins. Um, you know, they have seen such huge, such a huge increase this year. And um, it's it's been really neat to watch this resurgence of an industry that was that definitely was struggling at times. So um, we have two in our area, and we've got one in Bristol, and then we have one in Elizabethton as well. And then Jonesboro, they um, just started doing a drive-in series where they put up a huge screen in their downtown, and then people come and drive in and watch the movie. They used to have a, a series called Movies on Main where instead of your car, you would pull up your chair. <laughs> so now in your car. 
Um, so that's a really fun summer activity too, and I'm sure a lot of these will continue on through the fall and, and maybe maybe even the winter too. Um, and then, you know, we always, one thing that our area, um, you know, that both Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee share again are some of these fantastic places to eat. So I'm going to have to ask you on the spot, um, what is your favorite place to eat in the two areas? Do you have a place that you like to regularly go to? Oh, gosh. I, there's, a, there's a lot. Food is definitely high on my list. I would say on the Tennessee side, hmm, that's really tough. I'm really fond of 620 State Street in Bristol. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I love their their sushi. Their I love everything there, just to be totally honest. On the Virginia side, goodness, that's that's hard. There's always just so many awesome places to go you might have to give me a minute on the virginia side because I, I got a few there i could probably pick from but maybe maybe while i'm thinking you could toss out some of your favorites yeah so i i'm gonna have to say um i really love ridgewood barbecue and everybody you know they're everybody's familiar with that so um it is really good johnson city is kind of known for um, having a lot of the variety of uh, international food. So if you're looking for Vietnamese or um, maybe even German, if you're wanting to just try some different things, Korean tacos, um, that's going to be your city that you go to. Um, and, and just like you all, uh, all, all of our cities, I think at this point, have a brewery at least. Um, some have quite the handful. Um, between that and locally distilled and craft cocktails and things like that, it's really fun to almost do like a little foodie tour sometimes. Um, now, when I go over to Virginia, I'm going to have to, of course, go to Blackbird Bakery. That's one of my favorites. Burger Bar also is, is a favorite. But you know who I love in Bristol also is um, that little retro diner at Uncle Sam's. It is so good. Yes. Um, but now I'll tell you what, that Pacalachian food truck that oh, is yeah, often in Southwest Virginia, I will travel for that. <laughs> yeah, I would have to I don't know. It's so tough because I think for me, I have favorite restaurants based on the, the types of food. So like one example in Abingdon, there's a restaurant called Mamma Mia's, which is more of like pizza and pasta and things. And if I'm going to go for pizza and pasta, that's a favorite. And of course, Bella's, which has multiple locations. Oh my gosh, uh, I they're forgot. Yes. So, so many great places. As far as breweries, that's a little bit easier for me to narrow down. I, I love all the breweries in the area. Like I've tried as many as I can, and that's something I want to do is get out to more and, and see what they got going on. But one of my all-time favorite craft uh, brews was in Marion a couple of years ago, and it was this coffee-based beer that they made where they infused it. They, they worked with Dark Hollow Roasters over in, I believe, Sugar Grove, Virginia, and they got their coffee beans there and made it. And it tasted just like a really strong coffee, which I, I love coffee too, so mixing coffee and beer just sounds great. But I think State Street Brewing in Bristol is probably one of my favorite breweries. I like more of the darker craft beers, and they have one of the best I've ever tasted. And I find when I go to a lot of other breweries, unfortunately for me, one of the most popular beers is more of a light beer. And that's what a lot of the breweries focus on because that's what most people want. So if there's any breweries out there that's listening to the episode and you have an awesome dark beer that you think I should try, send me an email and I'll be out there immediately. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yes. <laughs> 
it's always it is it's just so fun to see how people put but you know their different flair on things and um there's there's one in Jonesboro called Depot Street Brewing and they have a sweet potato beer um you know they that brewery's been around since uh like the early 90s so it's just fun to watch and see how things are developed through there too when it comes to eating your way through uh Tennessee and Virginia <laughs> And what I love about the local-owned places is that you can really taste and feel the love and the time that somebody's put into their craft, whether it's food or beer or artisans or musicians. And, I mean, you can see that everywhere, but I think in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia, we have this really unique culture around our food and just everything else and that's one of the things i love about it not just our natural outdoor assets but just the people that live in the area just care so much about the things that they put all their time and love into and you can you can taste that you can if you buy home decor or art you can see that and it's it's that's one of the things i think so wonderful about the area yeah, and I think you've definitely got it right there when you said that. One of you know, working in our industry, um, you very you you know, our number one seller a lot of the times, um, yes, outdoors, food, family fun, history, that's all there. But I'm telling you, it's the people that live here. It's their um, it's their welcoming um, hospitality. It's their pride that they have in the communities. It's the unique personalities that each of these cities and the areas have. Um, I just find, I hear that again and again from visitors is, wow, I mean, I just felt like I was family there. They wave at you. They'll tell you directions. They'll tell you, you know, where the best place to eat is or what they would do for the day. So it's, it's really great to live in an area that where the people that live here are just so happy to be here. And um, it's great to hear their stories and the pride that they have as well. I totally agree. And I think I've been sitting here thinking, and I think I've narrowed down my favorite Southwest Virginia restaurant, and it's probably a Sisters Cafe in Marion, Virginia. They have like I soups and salads and sandwiches, and it is so good. Their coffees are great, and that that's always been one of my favorite places to eat for probably the past couple of years. I, I can't believe that escaped my mind. Now, I have some really good barbecue at a barbecue truck. Um a little food truck. I was at the Abingdon Winery a few weekends ago too. Um, so uh, it's fun when you when you visit a lot of these places and um, you get to see kind of you know what the best food is. I totally agree, and I actually got to thinking maybe we could try to do something fun. Is maybe you can think of a cool place in Northeast Tennessee that I need to visit, and maybe we could go visit that together sometime. And I'll think of a place in Southwest Virginia you've maybe never been to. We could go visit, and maybe we could do like a little collaborative together and showcase that to all the visitors that plan to come to the area. I love it. That would be fun. You know, I'm going to put you in some whitewater rafting. <laughs> I'll be terrified, but I'll, I'll definitely give it a try. I'll either do that or, hey, you know what? We're going to have to get you on that NASCAR track. Now, that that would be a lot of fun. I, I probably definitely could handle that. So, yeah. well, that, that, that sounds all sounds like sound... a great idea. We are, we'll be up for the challenge. Yeah. We'll... We'll see. We'll see how brave and strong I actually am. Now, now racing is something I could handle. I, I used to race when I was probably in my teen years. It's been a long time, but but I think I would 
feel right at home getting back into that. So we'll see what comes comes out of that little plan that we put together. But I guess, is there anything else that you'd like to say to everybody today before we get ready to wrap up any like events or things to do or just last plugs you want to throw in today? Yeah, sure. Well, one, thank you all so much for having me on today. We love working with you guys. It's always fun. Hey, we even collaborate on a little Rhythm and Roots shirt every year, and we just love it. Um, we do some ads and things like that together. Um, but one last plug, um, you know, we, we have northeasttennessee.org. We also have escapetotennessee.com, which is um, more of a temporary site. So if you're looking or thinking about traveling, um, you know, while, while everything's a little bit different with the COVID virus, um, escapetotennessee.com is where you'll want to go because we also have virtual experiences. And then we also um, have a little series of videos that we've been doing for the past 12 weeks where we go out and visit safe places where you can practice social distancing uh, while wearing your mask, um, but still having a good time. Um, So again, welcome, come see us, and uh, I can't wait to work with you all uh, even more in the future. That sounds great. And to everybody listening, be sure to pay Alicia and Northeast Tennessee a visit sometime. Be sure to check out the links that she mentioned. I'll also be providing those everywhere that the podcast goes live as well as on our blog at visit swva.org so be sure to check all that out but i'd like to thank you once again alicia for stepping onto the podcast today we've truly been grateful to have you on and be able to hear about some things going on in northeast tennessee and for everybody listening we'll catch you all next week and hope you have a great time exploring both northeast tennessee and southwest virginia